Joshua chapter 3. Let's read 1 through 4. It's not going to hurt us again. Then Joshua rose early in the morning. They set out from Acacia Grove and came to the Jordan, he and the children of Israel. The children there actually means matured. I ain't going to preach on that one, but that was just something that come along good. And lodged there before they crossed over. So it was that after three days that the officers went through the camp and they commanded the people saying, when, when the ark of the covenant of the Lord of your God, or the Lord your God, and the priest, the Levites bearing it, then you shall set out from this place, from your place, and go after it. Yet there shall be space between you and it, about 2,000 cubits by measure. Do not come near it, that you may know the way by which you must go. For you have not passed this way before. Go to chapter 5. I'll read through here and I'll start stopping, I'm sure. So this is kind of where we're going to pull our text from. So it was when all the kings of the Amorites who were on the west side of the Jordan and all the kings of the Canaanites who were by the sea heard that the Lord had dried up the waters of the Jordan from before the children of Israel until we had crossed over that their heart melted and that there was no spirit in them any longer because of the children of Israel. How would you like it? If the enemy had planned something, and he's been noticing what God's done for you, and it just caused his little heart to melt, and he just went ahead and canceled plans, he said, look, just don't don't even go, don't even go to their house. It's not even worth it. They're not even going to listen to you anymore. They don't even give it. Boy, if we could get to that matured state in Christ, to where we wouldn't even give ear to the enemy. You know you're doing something when the enemy recognizes, hey, ain't no sense in it. Just leave it alone. See, I don't know about you, I'd love to be able to, to know that the enemy just went ahead, just his things to do today, he just went ahead, scratch Rocky off, it ain't worth it. Pay more attention to Eric today, leave Rocky alone. <laughs> At that time, the Lord said to Joshua, make flint knives for yourself and circumcise the sons of Israel Again, the second time. So Joshua made flint knives for himself and circumcised the sons of Israel at the hill of the foreskins. And this is the reason why Joshua circumcised them. All the people who came out of Egypt who were males, all the men of war, had died in the wilderness on the way after they had come out of Egypt. For all the people who came out 
had been circumcised. But all the people born in the wilderness on the way as they came out of Egypt had not been circumcised. For the children of Israel walked 40 years in the wilderness till all the people who were men of war who came out of Egypt were consumed because they did not obey the voice of the Lord to whom the Lord swore that he would not show them the land which the Lord had sworn to their fathers that he would give us, a land flowing with milk and honey. Then Joshua circumcised their sons who he had raised up in their place. God, not Joshua. God raised up in their place. For they were uncircumcised because they had not been circumcised on the way. So it was when they had finished circumcising all the people that they stayed in their places in the camp till they were healed. Thank God for compassion. I don't even know how a woman could ever say that. Amen to that. But men, I was really expecting y'all to say something. But Then the Lord said to Joshua, This day I have rolled away the reproach of Egypt from you. Therefore the name of this place shall is called Gilgal to this day. Let's just stop there. When Jesus began his ministry, we just read that he, be, he began to say, he began to preach and teach, repent for the kingdom of God is at hand. Basically, it's not at hand, it's here. That's, he's saying it's arrived. It's the kingdom of God is, is here. And he's calling for those that would hear to repent. He's basically telling them that I know how things have been going for you up to this point, And I know the processes that have been put in place because the father put them in place. But I'm telling you now that there's a new way coming. It's about to take place. And the only way you'll be able to participate is if you repent. We're talking about changing your mind for the religious folk. Repenting it and running to the altar and asking God for forgiveness. That's not repenting. The changing of the mind is the repenting. Asking God to forgive you is the answer to the call. But Jesus is telling people that you've got to change your mind now. The way, the way things used to be can't be anymore. If you are to walk into this newness, you've got to change your mind. Because if you don't change your mind, none of this will make sense. You won't get it. And you won't be saved. Because it used to be a thing of works. I would always have to bring something. Then repenting had to take place. Now it's not a matter of me bringing something. It's a matter of he brought something for me. Well, I'll receive what he brought. Or am I still going to say, well, I've got to give a goat, or I have to kill a dove, or I have to go to church 15 times in one month, and I have to pray 20 times a day. And Y'all get the point, right? It's 
not about religion. It's about relationship. And it's about God the Father that deemed us worthy to die for us. You don't like to hear that word, but he thought we were worthy or he wouldn't have done it. He thought we was worth it. Man, that ought to make some of us get real excited because a lot of us walk by and we don't think that we're worth anything. But God died for you. If that doesn't make you worth something. But Jesus is saying, you've got to repent now. The kingdom of God is at hand. If you want to participate in the kingdom, you have to repent. Remember he talked about the new wine and the new wine skins? The new wine in that scripture is new wine that basically pertains to time. It's, it's not that the... How many of you know that you can't make the Holy Ghost any better today than he was yesterday? You with me? Okay, so we're talking about the new wine, right? So we're talking about the Holy Spirit. So the new wine is in reference to time. See, there, there's going to there's come a time. There's a, there's a season. God operates in times and seasons. He said there's going to come a time. There's going to come a season in the last days when I pour out my spirit, right, upon all flesh. It's not that he hasn't already poured it out. This is, this is going to be a, a new wine. It's just a different time. The new wine skin, that, that, that's not reference to the timing, but it's the, it's, it's the reference in, how should I, how do I put this? Mm. Can't think of a word. basically a change it's, it's a it's a change in vehicle it's you aren't you aren't able to stay in the state that you're in now to receive what it is that he wants to pour out in this time you you've got to prepare yourself here in order that you can receive new wine in this time if you if you don't have it if you're not ready here you're not going to be able to partake. So he's talking about doing this repenting thing. And here we're finding Joshua, they're doing circumcision again. How in the world does this line up? The children of Israel had gone so far away from God that they weren't even practicing what God had put in place for them while they were in captivity. Do you know they only, if you, if you, read, the, if you read this, the first time that you hear about them doing their Passover was when they're being taken out of Egypt. The next time, now they're in, they're in the wilderness for 40 years. And the next time you hear about the Passover 
It's when they were circumcised. They had put away all these things of God. Now, God still kept them in the wilderness during that time. They were still able to do their thing. They were, they were eating and clothes was fine. They had heat and blankets and pillows. Everything was nice. It was like the... What hotel you stay at? The Holiday Inn Express. It was like the Holiday Inn Express when they was in the wilderness. So all of this stuff, man, everything was going along fine. It's just like us. Man, when life is good, we have a tendency just to roll right along with it. The old cliche, if it ain't broke, don't fix it. So we roll right along with it. And that's what the Israelites were doing. The Israelites was rolling right along with life. They were getting ready to transition. There was a need for new wine skin. Because there was a new wine coming. They were getting ready to be positioned into the promised land. Remember, we talked about the promised land not being heaven. Promised land is not heaven. Don't get hung up. Don't, don't get hung up. The promised land is the kingdom. The promised land is where you actually see the power and authority of God operate in and through your life. Too many times we as Christians, we stop at salvation. And then we get frustrated because we're never in tune with kingdom. Because we haven't changed our mind. We haven't repented. So we don't believe a lot of the stuff that the Bible tells us that we are and that we can do. We don't really believe. We read it and it preaches good. We just don't really believe it. It'll be complicated this morning. They don't want to hear it. So what God had to do with the Israelites was Bring their mindset back. See, some of you have been walking for so long, the way you've been walking, and you feel like you okay, and God's getting ready to put you back under the knife. Men, you feel me? Men understand. We don't want to go back under the knife again. But what God is telling the church is, I can't take you where you haven't been with you being caught up where you've been. We've done it for so long. We haven't done Passover. We haven't done this. We haven't done that. We haven't carried on the rituals. But God still maintained. Just because God tolerated you in the wilderness doesn't mean he condones it. In the kingdom. He might put up with your nonsense. Thank God for his grace and his mercy. Because if he didn't, he would swallow us up just like he swallowed up thousands and thousands of people. But God is trying to prepare his people for what they're getting ready to walk into. And the only way that he was going to be able to do that was to remind them of their covenant. Remember, this was a Abraham. Abraham covenant. Why did I have a problem with that one? This was an Abraham covenant that children, that all his descendants would be circumcised in eight days. 
the boys. He had to remind them that you're chosen. You are a different people. You're peculiar. And if you continue to walk in what you're walking in, you'll never be able to experience the kingdom in its fullness. Man, I wish he would do it to the church again. I wish he would wake the church up because we sit like a bunch of bump on a log. We don't do nothing. We just think it's just another day. And God the whole time is trying to prepare our vessel, our wineskin, for the new wine that he wants to pour out. And because we haven't been this way before, somebody makes us uncomfortable. How many of you know circumcision be a little uncomfortable? He makes us uncomfortable. He's trying to get our attention. And the church is refusing. They're refusing the knife. He wants to take us somewhere in the kingdom. He doesn't just want us to make it to heaven. Man, how many of you would love to know the plan that God has for us on earth? But he knows we ain't mature enough for it, so he don't release all of it to us because we're going to mess that up too. We can't keep our own life together and we're wanting him to tell us all the secrets. He... Just some things that ain't meant for you to hear. He ain't telling you. And if he does, he'll probably give you a riddle. And you'll scratch your head. Here the Israelites are now. Joshua's saying, okay guys, here's the deal. We've gone this way before. But we've not gone that way before. And before we can go that way, we got to get this right. Oh, this is a holiness message. That's what this one's about. This is about living a life of holiness. Because there's things in your life that God wants you to correct before he gives you entrance. You can't just, why do you think you can just keep doing God however you want to do God? That's what we're thinking in church because we're still hung up. Your grandfather, pastor, they done it one way. I'm sure his grandfather and his grandfather done it another way. When Charlie was with Moses, they done it another way. Right, Charlie? See? They done it another way. We, we're so used to the way things used to be Man, this is why the church is dwindling. Oh. The church don't look the same today as it did two years ago. And the pastors that are bold enough to say, <laughs> can't really say belly up to the bar, but you can say, uh, <laughs> you can say something. <laughs> Get up to the block or something. 
Because God's wanting to cut something away in your life. You, you've been carrying something for 40 years. And God's saying, I've got to cut this thing away from you. He said, I'm cutting the reproach of Egypt away. There's got to be something in there. There's got to be something in there. What's the reproach of Egypt? What, what took place in Egypt? You know, what, being called what they weren't. Made, made to do things they weren't called to do. Treated the way they were treated. Some of you, you, you've been in Egypt for a while and God's trying to cut away the reproach. And because it's going to cost you something, because it's going to be a little painful this time. Boy, pastor, preaching about crossing over is a lot better than it is today. It's called responsibility. It's called being accountable. We can't go to work and punch in late without getting reprimanded, can we? I mean, there's this one guy that probably works for you that's gotten reprimanded probably a handful of times. I ain't going to mention his name because his wife, Megan, might get upset because, you know, he keeps doing that. But, but we, we have a hard time giving God what's due him. And because God tolerates your ignorance, you've called it okay, so you put the Bible down now. The only time you see Scripture is when Tommy, when Tommy will throw it up on the screen, when Tommy throws it on the screen, when Tommy throws it up on the screen... <laughs> See, Tommy has a hard time finding Scripture when it's on the screen. <laughs> but this is... That's the only time we see Scripture. It's when we sit and Tommy puts it on the screen. And puts it on the screen. I mean, let him get some kind of word, Tommy. And Tommy don't even want you to have... See what happens... Why is it that we become so comfortable in walking on the outside of God's will? That when he says, if you'll line yourself up, this is what can happen, and you don't want to. Because it's going to hurt. Why is it going to hurt? Because it's going to interfere with your selfishness. It's going to get in your way, your plans. I wish Meg was here. It'd get in your planner. Anybody else in here have a planner they use every day? You got a planner? Look at her, she's shaking her hand. Yeah, God got to get up in there and erase one of your... Man, I thought I had a meeting at one. Right? But we don't want to do it because it's going to hurt. It causes discomfort. But God was so compassionate. God said, hey, here's the deal, man. After we cut you up, I'm going to let you rest. He gave him a whole three days. Boy, he was so kind. Whew. Dude, I'm sorry, but I just... 
I'm, I'm picturing some older men walking just bow-legged and hunched over and can't move and having to cross the Jordan. Y'all remember? We talked about the Jordan. It wasn't just walking out to the creek. You walk down into the Jordan. And then you cross over and then you had to walk up the other rocks and stumps and sticks all up in the side of your sandals. They ain't have steel toe boots in. So you stump your toe then, brother, you knew you stumped it. I wonder how many of it. Never mind. Old big old black toenails. Bet you can find them things all over the desert. <laughs> But can you imagine? Can you imagine what's going through the Israelites' mind at this time? We, why do we have to do this? We haven't done it for 40 years. And now you want to do it? Oh, you become a religious on us now, aren't you? Pastor wants us in there 30 minutes before service. He's getting religious now. Pastor's just trying to prepare you. You've not gone this way before. Oh, you're still getting circumcised. We're just in a new era. It's the circumcision of the heart. Oh, man, when he was saying bitterness and, and what else? There, were, there was bitterness and something. I mean, you can, put, you can fill in the blanks. You're not my friend anymore. You can, you can go away. You're not welcome here anymore. It's the circumcision of the heart. See, are you wanting to go to the place that God, oh, out of 2 Samuel already on 710, going to go ahead and give us a place, a land. And plan us. God's trying to bring you to a place in the kingdom that you've not been before. And you are being a rebellious brat. Good morning, church. We'll find something. We can find excuses all day long. But set... <laughs> Set a lunch date with your girlfriends. Check this out. Even the husband can't break them plans. The husband says, hey, let's go to dinner. I'm going out with the girls. Hey, I want, no, okay, here you go. Hey, what are we doing? Hold on a minute, I'm talking to Lisa. I get that all. Tell me she don't. She goes. She makes that stinky face. Trying to wave you off and move you on. I don't care who you're talking to. I'm your husband. Hang the phone up. She'll go downstairs to talk to her. She'll go outside to talk to her. I'm trying to take her new places. No, oh, hung up in her old ways. It's every day. Wasn't it? it was like every day. I mean, coming home from every day. 
Me and David both knew when Debbie was off work. All we had to do, I tried to call Lisa. She wouldn't answer. I knew she was on the phone. I said, Debbie's off work. David said, here comes your sister. I said, hey, where, where's Lisa at? She's on the phone with your wife. Never mind. We get hung up in our routines. And we've become comfortable. And God is now starting to shake some things. He's starting to do things just a little differently now. Not better, just differently. See, don't get confused because there, there, was, no, there was no fight between whether Joshua was better than Moses. He was just next. It ain't, it ain't that this time is better because you got a lot of convincing to do for me. If you go tell me that this time is better than it was on the day of Pentecost, you got a lot of convincing. Because I remember a man that went out into the street and preached, and 3,000 people come running to the altar and give their hearts to Christ. And they got saved. And the Bible said that they grew in numbers daily. We, we're, we're, <laughs> oh, preacher, preach them on out of here, preacher. See, we, we decrease in numbers daily. Because nobody wants to hear the truth. Nobody wants to be held accountable to the word anymore. Everybody wants to tickle me fancy. He, and we shouldn't be caught off guard. He warned us there was going to come a day that they would pick teachers for themselves to tickle their ears. God forbid a last, the end time pastors show up and start preaching you back into holiness. Now it doesn't make you better than the next one. It just makes you ready and available for what's next. God's trying to circumcise your heart this morning. Well, I'm glad he's on circumcision this morning. Let me see if there was a, a special note for you. I got a couple chicken scratches here. Walking, walking in the newness of life. Walking, walking into what's next. Walking into the unfamiliar territories. Walking into what's coming. It's going to require you to go through some conditions in life that will make you uncomfortable. Boy, they done messed up, ain't they? They done let you get uncomfortable one time. It's over. Taste and see. See what happens? When, when you taste it the first time, you can't get enough of it. You want to keep going back. Anybody ever been there? Ice cream. Let me help you. Come on, that's heaven's pudding. Huh? Boy, that's heaven's pudding. You open up the fridge. I already know when there ain't no ice cream in the freezer. As soon as I crack a door, man, I hear crickets, I shut the door. I open it up and I hear angels singing. Boy, I know mama done been to the store. Either that or Taylor didn't come to the house. <laughs> By the way, we don't have none. Hint, hint. That's my ice cream, buddy. We love ice cream. Huh? You didn't try to give me none yesterday. Boy, that's it. I need to write that note down. You need to come up to the chopping block. 
God's grace will allot you time to heal. Man, will you trust Him? Man, we'll trust, we'll trust these crazy anesthesiologists. I went and had surgery. Well, I've had surgery twice there and one other time that I remember. I'm laying on the I'm looking at all these bright lights and everybody just talking and, <laughs> and she come walk up beside me she said hey and she's holding this needle Eric that needle longer than your leg I mean it ain't might have been longer but it was a long needle and she's holding this needle and she says now look you might feel just a little twinge because I'm going to stick you in the neck and I'm was a nerve blocker. That needle was that long, dude. Don't tell me it wasn't. I've seen it. And she said, you'll feel a little twinge. And I'm like, okay, well, I felt her stick me. She says, now, don't move. I said, oh, I ain't moving. I'm scared to death right now. And she says, now, when your arm starts flailing, don't, don't get concerned. That's just me. I'm laying on the table. Do my arm next to that my arm flopping around like a fish out of water. Next thing I remember, Mr. Nicely, you got to open your eyes. That's the last thing I remember. I went to surgery. She put me night-night. But we'll trust them anesthesiologists to stick us with stuff, block nerves, give us medication. We trust the doctors that are just practicing. Y'all do know that they're practice, right? It's a practice. It's not a profession. It's a practice. And you'll go and lay on the table and let them pull a knife out and lay you open. There's one problem I got with a practice. Don't practice on me, practice on her. <laughs> right? I got to watch how these knees and hips work out. You ain't touching none of this. Let me see how you do on that. Right? But we won't let God. Come and cut the fat. And he's trying to take us somewhere. That doctor's hoping to get us there. God already knows. If you'll, if you'll allow me, I promise you. I'm going to take you over to Jordan. And I'm going to put you in the kingdom. He knows. But we won't trust him. Just got checked. It's not that you don't trust him. Everybody's starting one. You don't want him to. You don't have a trust problem. You got a selfish problem. Oh, he's talking to you this morning. We just throw it out there. See, I don't like making it too easy on you. I just don't. I mean, if this is going to help, I want it to help. 
If it's going to cut you, it's okay. I'll let you rest for three days. Be back Wednesday. Right? We, we've come behind the pulpit, and now we, we've talked about now, it's, it's, oh, you're just having a problem with trusting God. No, you're selfish. It's not that you don't trust God, it's you don't want him there. He put his finger on a hot topic in your life. I don't want, I don't want you doing that. But God. See, y'all use God in the but God differently than the scripture uses but God. Y'all go, but God. No, I don't but God. <laughs> I just felt the meddling anointing. Not metal, meddling. I'm a metal, get into your stuff. I can't, if I tithe, I can't buy my truck. I'll run on that one. If I go, if I got to go to church on Tuesday, see, I don't have that DVR. So if I, I got to go to church on Tuesday, I can't watch it. What's that one show you always trying to look at? Huh? New Hampshire. I think that is about the. Don't get me started. Because I'll fillet you. I, I, I don't like that one either. Why has it always got to be homosexuals got to jump up on the screen? Man, stay at the house. I got children running around. Grandchildren on the way. You've seen that garbage up on the TV screen. But if I, if I don't DVR, I can't watch it if I go to church on Tuesday. I don't care. Get mad. Look, you would much rather me put correction on your table than God. See, the Israelites thought it was a joke. And Moses come down off the mountain and God said, dude, I'm done. Whop. Couple 25, 30,000 people just gone. And Moses just went down through his tablets on the ground. That should have been enough. Through the tablets on the ground. Listen. God needs you to cut some stuff out of your life. Y'all included. Your youth. See, you didn't want me calling you children. <laughs> see, see the responsibility that comes? Boy, when you grow up, boy, I hate it going in there. Mom, I ain't going in there past a mean. But you're not a child anymore. You're you. See, you know what's the easiest part about it is? You haven't gone through some of the ignorant stuff that your parents has gone through. <laughs> And what we can do, we can stop all the ignorance and catapult you beyond your parents. Amen. Come on. And then you can lay hands on me. Amen. Come on. You, right. you, you catch them in the kitchen and go, wait a minute, mama, the word said, and anoint them. Hmm? When you're young, see, when you're young and get cut on, you recover quicker. Listen, listen to me, this is wisdom. When you get hurt when you're younger, you recover a lot faster. 
You get old like me. You bump your knee on the counter. Dude, it hurts for months. <laughs> Cry like a baby. Can't take it. I mean, <laughs> I mean, like it used to be. And God's saying, man, if I can train you up when you're young, man, if, you, if you'll listen to wisdom in all that you get, Get understanding, right? Get wisdom. But now we got other stuff on our agenda. We got, we got stuff and things to do. Shopping. Gossiping. I need some real Christians to preach to. Because y'all line up in church. Y'all gossip boy more than anybody ever seen. Y'all get on that phone. Blah, 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 blah. Listen how quiet. Boy, I know when God gets on your nerves. I know when he gets on your nerves. When's the last time you called somebody and encouraged them? You'll break your neck to call them and tell them about such and such. Boy, you've gotten away with it for so long. Pastor, we was doing good till we come to this church. Now you was actually doing real bad. Because you didn't have nobody brave enough to put you on the plate. Debbie always told him, he'll cut you up and I'll just put band-aids on you and I'll fix you. So if, you, if your feelings is hurt, go to Debbie. If you come back to me, I'm going to just open the womb up. I'm going to tell you, grow up and get over it. If, if you're wrong in the area, you fix it. Stop listening to me. Stop playing with God. Don't you know? I mean, for real, don't you know who God is? This isn't some mystical smoke floating around in heaven somewhere. Playing with him like he's some kind of fantasy. Okay, I'll help you. Quit playing with him like he's some kind of fan. I'll preach to myself too. Just to make you feel better. You feel better now? Now that I, I got on me too? Make you feel better? You okay? Come on. Oh, when it starts to hurt. <laughs> a sign he brought them to the banks and circumcised them when it starts to hurt you close Are you hurt? You uncomfortable? You're close. You're close. 
See, we get uncomfortable. We want, want to go back the other way. Man, who in their right mind want to go back and travel 40 more years what they just come out of? But how many, how many years has the church turned around? Well, I don't like what pastor's preaching on and talking about because he's just, it, it sounds like to me, he's just, he's yelling at me, getting on, getting on my nerves. He just, so I'm going to go over here to this church. And guess what you took? All your junk. So now you go get over there. Uh-oh, that preacher preached on a text that you didn't like. Well, I don't like what that preacher preaching on right now. I'm going to just go ahead. I'm going over here to this church. Guess what you take taking when you go over there? All you'll jump. Until you're ready to be circumcised, until you're ready for God to get in there and cut away that hatred and that discontentment, that self-centered, self-righteous religious spirit that you've been carrying in your pocketbook. Boy, I wish I could throw you a pocketbook. Throw a shoe at somebody. We're taking it, man. You're, you're dragging it from church to church. You're a cancer. Sorry. You're a cancer. Just in case somebody wanted to watch later. You're dragging it around with you. You're destroying the church. And the pastors are letting you. Not on my watch. Get cut. Get your life right. Quit playing games. You, you, want, you want to go where you've not gone before? You want to see God in a dimension that you've not seen God in? Don't you know the Bible said that he is multifaceted? That means every time that you think you've got him nailed down, he just takes a little turn, and they, there's something else you get to explore for another 20 years. Oh, I got that down, did you? Okay, a little turn, and here it comes again. There's too much of God. And all you want to experience is heaven. Really? Well, there could be some there could be some mad people. I just, if heaven don't turn out the way it's been preached. Look, I'm because they talk about golden ponds and all kinds of other stuff, living in your mansion. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Woo! You got a new body. What if it's bigger and uglier than it is now? <laughs> Come on, church. Huh? What, what if the one you used to call fat and ugly... Is actually slim and beautiful, and you show up fat and ugly. Then what? Oh, now you mad? Who you gonna take that to? You gonna go to the throne room with that nonsense? Oh, I wanna watch. I mean, what if he's riding a Yamaha? And you riding a Harley. I'm just saying. 
I'm just saying. Are y'all with me? And we are so close to crossing this Jordan. It ought to be so scary. Oh, <laughs> right before you, it's scary. Because they said that the banks were in flood stage during that time. Flood stage. I imagine it probably looked like the Colorado River coming down through there. What do they call them waves? You got a what? No, they, yeah, but they got like stages. Like level four or level two or something. You got levels though, right? Level one, two, three, yeah. Boy, the Jordan was level four, rocking, white capping, hammering it. And God asked you to step out in it and hold your ground. Huh? Yeah, it's scary. Because you've not. Well, I got one person up in here that's listening to it. <laughs> you ain't gone this way before. Daggone right, it's scary. Man, was you, was you there this morning? That one lady, she come up and she was, she was screaming at us, telling us we better get up out that grave. And <laughs> next thing I know, she was jumping, hopping, and running. Last week, that other chick took off running. <laughs> I felt her blow by me. Thank God I wasn't in the aisle. <laughs> yeah, it's scary. It's not going to look like what it used to look like. That's right. It don't normally do when you're circumcised. Scary. Not sure if you want to. Not sure if you don't want to. You're being, oh. Well, I love the word. You're being tossed to and fro. Felt good this Sunday I'm in. Oh, this Sunday I ain't. This Sunday I, this Sunday I ain't. The Bible says a double-minded, double-minded man shouldn't ask God for nothing. Because he ain't going to get it. I paraphrase a lot. But I know what's in there. Check me. I'm okay with that. Be like the Meridians. Read your Bible. You'll know what they're supposed to do. I'll stop here. It's a sign of sonship. Circumcision is a sign of sonship. It's the covenant. Circumcision is not the actual covenant. Circumcision is just the sign of the covenant. It's not the covenant. It's just the sign. It's a sign of sonship. Maturity. See, that's the earth groans for the sons of God. It's, it's talking about the mature Christians. 
It, it ain't looking for a bunch of Christians screaming and wailing. That The earth is groaning and moaning for the sons of God. The earth's waiting. The earth is waiting. <laughs> the earth is waiting to be told what to do. Get over here. Line up. Do this. Be here. The earth wa <laughs> it wants to submit. <laughs> but it ain't going to submit to just anybody. wonder why it was that Jesus was the only one that was able to speak to the wind and the waves. I don't recall any of the other disciples. I just, it's just a thought. That was just something that went in passing. I shared it. The more you'll let God cut on your heart, the more mature you will become. And the more likely you will be able to enter the promised land. But you, 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 you're not going to do it on your own. Be nonchalant. You can be nonchalant in church. You can do whatever you want to do. You disturb me, I'll just set you down, shut you up, or tell you to leave. I'm okay with that too, it doesn't matter. You can do whatever you want to do. You don't want to hear the word. You don't want to accept the word. And you don't want to live by the word. That's on you. Do your thing. But I'm not going to be responsible. Because you chose not to grow up. I'll be responsible if I'm not teaching you to grow. But God, God's tired of the... Man, it's almost as if the church isn't mocking God. I mean, that's the way I, I really feel. Because we'll go and put a show on. We, we will have 10 ways to grow a church, 111 ways to keep people. We, we, we've got all of that stuff down, man. It, what, this is what bugs me the most is when somebody tries to tell me how to grow a church. I ain't trying to grow a church. I'm trying to grow a body. If I got five people and they all walking in unity, boy, they're going to wreck something. Huh? If I got a thousand people and everybody running amok, boy, I ain't doing nothing but talking to a bunch of freelancers. I wasn't called for that. Boy, don't get a thousand people together walking in unity in one mind. Boy, Roanoke would implode. We got churches, I don't know how many, we got several churches running well over a thousand. Well over a thousand. You're running them churches, but what are you doing? So I don't get nasty, Grams. I'm not putting anybody down about nothing. 
I'm just saying, look, man, we, we can teach and preach our guts out as, as pastors and ministers. We, we can preach until we're blue in the face. But until the people of God begin to receive and accept and begin to walk a life of holiness and understand that God's going to cut some things out of the way. And yes, it's going to be painful. Yes, it's going to be scary. But you're that much more closer. I, I just I don't understand. That's why I'm not going to give you a gimmick. You ain't going to come here and count no Easter eggs. It ain't happening with me. We'll bring Santa Claus up and set him up here and let you sit on his lap too. Not. I mean, this is the house of God. Not your tricks and gimmicks. Do you think God is impressed? With all the people that you've got sitting under the sound of your voice. He's not impressed with you if you've got 500 or 50,000. He ain't impressed with you. Because he's already said it's not by might nor by power. It's by his spirit. That's why I would much rather his spirit come and grow y'all. And convict you. All I'm going to do is just give you some word. Yes, yeah, some of us going to be hard. It's just life. Grow up. But we've got to do something different because you're right there. You're right there. You're seeing stuff that you haven't seen in other places. I'm not saying, I ain't saying this place is special. I'm saying you're special because you're aligning yourself with the kingdom. You're standing under the windows of heaven. You're aligning yourself. And God's saying, you just posture. I'll pour out. Ain't got nothing to do with me. All I do is just preach the word. He said, he'll confound the wise with the stupid. <laughs> Never mind. So don't be fear in circumcision. He's going to cut you. And it's okay. When it starts to hurt, just know you're that much closer. Yield. Yield. Stop being rebellious. Life doesn't revolve around you. You might think it does, and you might wish it would, but it don't. Life don't care about you. It'll take you out in a minute. Give it a chance. It'll destroy you. Well, Pastor, I don't understand what you're talking about. Want me to help you? Let me help you with just a couple clues. What you got going on in your house? You beating your wife? You running around on your husband? You ignoring your kids? Cussing and screaming? Loving every minute of it? Y'all heard this one. I don't know, it's fishing and something. What is that? I don't even know. Huh? It's fishing and hunting. Matt sing it. Here, sing it. But that's what we'll do. Man, our... Our home life is torn plumb apart 
and we're trying to figure out why our Christian life You stealing from work? You'll punch a clock and then go drink coffee for 30 minutes. Wish you worked for me. Hang around, talk about what you done yesterday at work. How about let's do something today? See, you'll, you'll steal from your employer and you'll expect to be blessed. God, I don't know why I just can't I just can't seem to get ahead. Are you stealing from your employer? Don't care if you like them or not. Are you stealing from them? You lying to them? Come on, church. I'm, I'm trying to help you. I'm talking about the things that you think nobody else sees, but God sees it. And God's saying, fix it. He said, I've tolerated it long enough. Get up to the block. It's time for circumcision. You're not, you're not crossing over unless you do it. Now it's starting to get good. Man, we want to dodge all the responsibility, man, and just lay up under the blessings of God. We want new this, new that, new this, new that, new this, new that. And you don't even put your hands on the plow. And then you, I don't know why God's blessing them. There, there are people out there making half of what you make and got twice as much as what you got and you can't understand it. But watch them, they'll crawl up your back when it comes tithing and offering. Let, them, let, let somebody say that somebody needs some help and watch them. They'll knock you down to go do it. While, you, while you're thinking about it, well, I think I might be able. They're, they're, they're smacking you in the back. Move! There's a blessing. I better leave him alone, Linda. I better leave him alone. Because that's where we've gone. Church, that's where we've went. You listen to me? God's given us an opportunity to go somewhere we've not gone. And all I'm asking you is this. Get on the boat or get off the boat. Listen, yes, your self-righteousness and your self-centeredness and your selfishness can destroy the whole thing. Well, pastor, I don't, okay, fine. Let's talk about Jericho for a minute. What about old Aiken? Y'all know that's where that song was wrote, don't you? Aching heart. Achy, breaky heart. That's where it's. Why y'all laughing, y'all? It took one man. One man cost the lives of, it was 3,000 plus. One man. Because he decided he would steal from God. One man. 3,000 people lost a brother, a husband. Because it's all about me. I, 
Linda, I said, I better leave them alone. If y'all need love after church, y'all get with Debbie and Miss Linda. They'll hug on you. Okay? If you go to Dawn or Lisa, they go pray for you. And uh, <laughs> if you come to me, I'm cutting you again. <laughs> you really want to cross over I mean wouldn't it be awesome that you was able to walk in kingdom I mean for real walk in kingdom I mean you you walk in kingdom so much so that you change the atmosphere you walk in I'm talking about walking in that kingdom I'm talking about walking past people yeah I know your name ain't Peter but you still got a shadow there's things that can happen that God would blow your mind if you'd give him an opportunity I'm bringing an old stump in here next week. Put a flint knife right beside it. Then we're going to have altar call. <laughs> by YouTube, by Facebook, man, I love it. Oh, that, it won't be me. It'll be Christine. <laughs> Never mind. <laughs> Ain't nobody coming to church. <laughs> Boy, oh boy. Guys, if y'all really knew how much I wanted for you. I mean, for real. If you knew how much I wanted your heart to be full of the joy of God. If you knew how much I wanted your soul to prosper. Yeah, I'm not your typical and I'm probably harder. I just want you to get there. Not to heaven. You're going to heaven. If you've accepted Christ, you're going to heaven. Good. Good for you. Now, in the meantime, let's get in the kingdom. Man, let's watch God do something. let's, Let's be a part. Let's be a conduit. Let's be the tool in the box of the Holy Spirit. The Holy Spirit, y'all know he drive a big old bus. And he got big old toolboxes. Let's be that tool. When he makes a stop and he got to go out and fix Billy, let's be, that, let's be that tool that the Holy Spirit grabs. And we go up there and we clonk him in the head or kick him in the butt, step on his step, whatever we got to do. Let's be the tool to fix him. Man, I want to put emphasis on it. I just don't want to see you lose. And and I will tell you this, and then I'll shut up. The less activity you experience in the kingdom, the more likely it is for your faith to win. Want me to explain that? If you're constantly praying and praying and praying and praying and and you don't see the hand of God move on something, and you start second-guessing, I'm sure. God, are you even talking to me this week? Right? Don't everybody look at her. Y'all the same way too. 
We've all been there. God, are you even listening? Are you even hearing anything that I'm saying? And then we start to doubt. Y'all remember when Jesus attacked the disciples? And, and they, they were talking about, well, why can't we do this? And why couldn't we do that? Y'all, and he started talking to them about their faith, their doubt. And then in the same context, I know we take this out of context a lot. But I'm going to give you the same context. He says that these come out with prayer and fasting. See, we, we try to throw that on demons. He's talking about your doubt. Read, you got to read the context. He's talking about your doubt. Your doubt comes out by, by fasting and prayer. Well, how is that so? Because the more you fast, the more you bring in flesh under submission. The more you pray, the more you're reviving yourself with God's presence. Maybe one day I'll teach that to you. But man, we, we played for so long, man. We just... I'm done. I told you I was going to quit. I'm quitting. Debbie shook her head. She wants more. Did you see that look? All right, I'm done. I'm done. I'm done. Okay, listen. Wednesday. Tuesday night first. Nothing on Monday. Right? Nothing Monday. Got Tuesday. You got Wednesday. Well, you got Thursday. Oh, got men's ministry. Some days you're here, some days you aren't. This week you are, that week. So you got a full week, Monday and Friday, right? Or do we have something Friday? We ain't got nothing Friday. Oh, we got bowling for the youth. Hey, you better pray over every ball that you rolled in that aisle. You better pray over it. Take some anointing oil and anoint his ball with it. Every time you get it, just anoint it with anointing oil. All right, let's go home. Let's eat chicken. Father, in the name of Jesus, God, I just speak. Father, I speak a spirit of, of hope again in this place. God, that, that, we can, that we can grasp the understanding that, God, we're, we are so close we're right there. God, I don't want to miss it. And I want to take, <laughs> you told Joshua to take these people, so I got to take them all with me, whether I like them or not. So I got to take them all. So I want them all to make it. I want them all to make it. So Holy Spirit, put us under the knife. Take care of what needs to be taken care of. And show us that there's something new coming. Father, with everything that we do, we bless your name. And it's in Jesus' name we pray. Amen.